This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before we start the show, I have a gift for you, my top five productivity tips for solopreneurs. To get them, go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com. And it's possible that I over-delivered, and you'll have to find out for yourself. Just go to top5productivitytips.com. Okay, this is going to be a different episode than you're used to hearing on the Mark Stucheski podcast. I have always wanted to interview my parents on the show to give you behind the scenes of who was Mark Stucheski as he was a little boy growing up in a suburb of Rochester, New York called North Chalai. Now, unfortunately, my mother has late onset Alzheimer's and she can barely talk anymore. But recently, I was visiting my mom and dad in a suburb of Orlando, Florida, and I had the opportunity to sit down and interview my dad. Now, this is not a super polished episode that you're used to hearing. I just literally put the recorder on the table and we just started talking. So it's not going to be what you're used to, but I think it's going to give you a little insight of what it was like raising Mark Struchowski. So you're my father. Don't look Amen. at the microphone. Amen. <laughs> you're my father. You brought, you helped bring me in this world 56 plus years ago. Whew. Any regrets? I'll edit the wrong answer out, by the way. <laughs> I could tell you some things that you don't want to hear because you'll edit it anyway. <laughs> yes, I will. Um, this isn't a fair recording because I can be honest. <laughs> Just don't swear because my listeners know this is a clean podcast. Oh. I'm the only child, which means after you and mom had me, you said, goodness gracious, no more. That's true? No, we said we wish we had more because we made a mistake. <laughs> oh, wow, that's cold. Man, it's getting cold in this house. You know, the point of the reason why I want to talk to you about this, you don't have to look at the, the microphone, Dad. You can look at your son. It's okay. I'm handsome. No comment. <laughs> so, You're um, handsome because you take after your dad. Okay, I get that. One of my earliest memories was we had that gold... Riding lawnmower. I don't remember how old I was. Maybe you know. And you, I was sitting on your lap. Definitely wasn't like last year. It was not weird, okay? And we were driving around. You had just cut the lawn. And I was steering. And there's this little hill, our neighbor's house. And I rode up the hill. Well, I attempted to roll up the hill, right up the hill. And roll over, right? <laughs> yeah, he thought he could go over the top of the fence. Well, why did he you... thought I it was an ATV. Well, my question to you is, why did you let me stir up the hill? I was laughing so much. <laughs> so one of the things I remember, another memory I had is we were camping a lot. We went camping a lot. And you know where I'm going to go with this. We went someplace, I think it might have been in Pennsylvania, and there's a real bad storm outside. And mom thought there was a bear outside. So what did mom do? She told me there was a bear outside, so I went to see. <laughs> oh, And I went out the tent, walked around the tent, there was no bear. And this was Hershey, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. We went to Hershey. Hershey Park. Hershey Park. Yeah. Yeah. But there was no bear. <laughs> and now... So when I, I came back in there, I said, that was dumb. Because <laughs> what would you have done if there was a bear out there? I had to get, Sue, get away from here. 
Mom should have gone out because mom doesn't take crap from anybody. Not even you. Nope. <laughs> nope. Now, now my listener knows my mom is in long-term care. She's got late-onset Alzheimer's. But that one Christmas, y'all bought that real tree, and mom decided to put it in the bucket of dirt. And the tree fell over. And I heard my mom use words I didn't know my mom even knew. And when she did that, I kind of like scattered like cockroaches do when you turn the lights on at night. Yeah. But it's the first time in, I don't think I ever heard her say it since then. <laughs> you weren't home, were you? You were at a fire department meeting. I was too home. Oh. I was too home. Okay. So you went toward mom and I ran away. Yeah. Well, what about the other times when you took the dog for a ride and let it jump out the window? I will neither confirm or deny that. <laughs> there is no- so you served the Chalai Fire Department for a number of years. How many years were you in the Fire Department? 29 years. And you started as an Indian, although we can't say that word anymore because we have to be politically correct. But we'll say rookie. And I remember every Saturday morning, we used to go up to... Company 2, and you used to do a truck check. And I remember we used to listen to WVOR 100. They used to play music. Uh, station's not around anymore. But So what exactly is a truck check? Because I thought that was the coolest thing. A truck check is you get a sheet of paper, and you go around each compartment in the truck, and you log everything and make sure everything is in a place. And if it's missing, you have to make a report on it. And you take things out to make sure they're working properly. Plus, you have to check the lights on the truck. And, yep, that's it. Yeah, I used to love doing the siren and light check. That was pretty cool. And um, now you were a first lieutenant, a second lieutenant, a captain, a battalion chief, a deputy chief, chief, and president. Did I miss anything? Not all at the same time. You know, not all at the same time, no. But that was, that was a lot. And uh, I was really proud of you being a firefighter. It's one of the reasons why I was a volunteer firefighter. I actually had to quit because I have something called vestibular nervous disorder because I fell on some black ice back in 1989. But I was a volunteer firefighter. I was an EMT. You and I actually served on the rescue squad for, I think, about a year. Yep. And I remember this was back in a time where there wasn't all these cell phones and and all that stuff. And I remember once we had a call in the middle of the night and I was living at home at the time. I wasn't married and mom had to get up and she had to call the dispatcher to tell us that you and I were en route to the firehouse. You were a driver and I was a second medic and we had to wait for the other medic en route. And I remember that what was interesting... (laughs) is because I was a second medic, I had to sit in the back of the rig. Even though I got there with you, I had to sit in the back. I, I was kind of miffed because the first medic got the, the get the seat up front. So, But I also remember one time when you were, I think you were, yeah, you didn't have an official vehicle, so you were a battalion chief. You had that blue blazer, had the bar lights on there and the siren. And I don't remember how old I was. I thought it was really cool. I got to go through red lights and stop signs with the siren blowing and stuff. You don't remember the days we we used to spend up there when it was a snowstorm because mm. we couldn't drive up there. We had to get up there by snowmobiles, sleep at the firehouse, and then respond from there. Wow! Didn't oh. you? Didn't the company too also, or all the fire departments up there? Didn't they used to already have a staff up there on Halloween night so they would risk? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Standby crews. Yep. Just so they wouldn't have to respond to the firehouse with people walking around, kids walking around. 
Remember we said pass the boot? What was pass the boot? Labor Day weekend, it was something that um, Jerry Lewis had the telethon. Oh, yeah. And what the fire department did, they went up on the corner, the firemen with their equipment on, and they had a boot, and they stood at the corner, and people would drop money into the, into the boot. They, they still do that now. Out where I live in Houston, they still do that. Okay. They don't call it pass the boot. They call it fill the boot, I think, something oh. other like that. So what was your most interesting or worst call, I guess you could say, when you were in the fire department? Any, any year? I think one of my first ones I'll never forget, when I was first, uh, when I was first a medic on the Amoscott, and uh, we had a call at a party house for a woman's retirement. Well, I grabbed a bag, bag mask. I was the first one in there, and I put the bag mask on her, but she had died. And she was the recipient of the party. That bothered me for a long time. And then another case where we had a girl get hit by a dump truck, and uh, because the parents were getting hysterical, I had to ride in the back of the ambulance with this girl about 12 years old who was killed, and I had to ride all the way to the hospital with her, which is not normal procedure, but... The parents were becoming hysterical. We had to move the patient. What's the worst fire you ever went to? Oh man, first fire I ever went to. Um, I can't. I can't call it a lot of lot of them, but barn fires were the worst. Barn fires were the worst. Accidents were the worst, especially because we lived near 490. A lot of accidents. Yeah, that was a. That was a very treacherous intersection um especially when during the winter time because up in rochester where we lived in north chalai a lot of blizzards and where the freeway was the wind would blow right across the uh 490 and it was crazy let's talk about sports so you and i are well i'm not a baseball fan anymore i call it boring ball but i know you like baseball i remember there was a stadium we used to go to called silver stadium Yep. Two stories I remember about Silver Stadium where the Rochester Red Wings played. Number one, we went, I always wanted to go to opening day. And one day we were both working at Fodler and I said, Dad, let's go to opening day. It was so cold that it started snowing and they stopped selling beer and started selling coffee. That's my first memory. The second memory involves Grandpa. Tell them the story about Grandpa. This is hysterical. Well, we went to the ball game with Grandpa, and I think it was in the middle of the summer. We were standing at the gate to get in, and Mark and I were standing there, and then we looked around for Grandpa, or my father-in-law, and he was already in there. He just walked in there. We don't know how he got in there. He just walked past ticket people and got into the, got into the stadium. Well, because the ticket takers now... Listener, we're going back before the tickets were on your phone. You had paper tickets, right. and the ticket takers were old men like Grandpa. And I think he just went in there and said, hey, and then he just walked right in. No security. And what was Grandpa's favorite baseball team? Toledo Mud Hens. Toledo Mud Hens, yep. And then uh, you took me to a whole bunch of Rochester Amherst hockey games back when they played in the War Memorial. Now they play at the Blue Cross Arena, which is really weird, but... So we did a lot of sports. You played softball for a couple of years for the Child Life Fire Department. I played for about a year, I think. Pretty interesting. I remember going to uh, parades. Yep. Now, they don't do that down here in the south. I don't know about where you nope. live. They don't do it in Houston. But we'd go to different parades. And you were in the color guard, right? Yep. I was in a color guard. Uh, 
couple of years. And when I was chief, I had to lead the parade, but yeah, it was very interesting. But it was it's a long evening. Yeah, and it was pretty hot when you go out there on a Saturday afternoon when it's ninety degrees and you got a full dress uniform. Yeah, oh, it's pretty hot. Believe me. But it's pretty competitive, and if you ever get to go get a chance to go to parade. Always, always get a seat near the judging stand because that's where all the bands are playing the music. That's where everybody looks their best because they're being judged and you can win prizes, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what else can we talk about in my childhood? We had a dog. We had a couple dogs. We had Ginger, which was, I believe, was she a German Shepherd? Yep. Okay. And I remember allegedly, allegedly, when you and mom were taking a nap one day, I Criscoed. Ginger yep. from stem to stern. I don't know if that really happened or not. There's no photo evidence. But, you but it happened. Believe me, it happened. <laughs> and then the dog we got after her was Scuffy. Scuffy was a beagle. She was a, a portly girl, but she was a sweet girl. And you had made her a dog house in the backyard. And it was out. We had a big backyard. It was out in the corner. And Scuffy did not like to go in the house. She liked being out, even when we're having blizzards and snowstorms. And I remember you made this house so good. You had carpet inside and everything like that. And I remember one day I went out there in the wintertime and I crawled inside of her house. And I couldn't believe how warm it was. So you treated Scuffy really good. The only mistake I made, I didn't make a door on it. So I shut the door on him once he got in there. (laughs) Well, we're almost done here, Dad. I just want to, um, you know, thank you for being my dad. I can tell you a story you wouldn't believe, but he doesn't want me to put this in here. It will never make the final <laughs> cut. It's just it's not a good interview because he edits it. <laughs> just like the mainstream media. I only want, I want to let the people know what I want to hear. You know, my mom is the best mom in the world. My mom is suffering from Alzheimer's, late onset Alzheimer's. She's in long-term care. And I'm here visiting my dad this weekend. And I finally... Got a, got my dad to sit down to do the recording with me. Dad, you're awesome. I love you. And I thank you and mom for being the best mom and dad someone could ever have. Uh, people ask me, how did I get to be so productive? How did I get to be so structured? When I was growing up, uh, you and mom raised a very structured household. Uh, I had to do chores at a certain time. We had dinner at a certain time. I had to go to bed at a certain time. Homework had to be done. And I think because I was raised that way, when I'm coaching other people, they're like, how did you get to be so structured? I'm like, that's the way I was raised. So I want to thank you and mom for that because I really thought that when I was raised that way, I thought everyone was raised that way. I thought everyone had routines and everyone had to do this, that, and the other thing. But a lot of people were not raised that way. A lot of people were raised, what I do whatever you want to do. But you and mom didn't take any crap. The, no crap I was raised back in the time where you could hit your kid. And I remember one time that uh, I came home from school and I told you and mom that the teacher said that you can't hit me anymore or I can call CPS on you. And uh, what, did, what did you and mom tell me? Mom said, if, you, if that's the case, then you go live with your teacher because you're going to have to learn to live here. Yep. Another thing that you learn when you were growing up is the fact that if you got in a problem, you got to stop and think about it. And, and if you do it wrong, you do it over again. You just don't give up on it. You got to think it out. And you can solve anything if you take your time. 
And I still use that knowledge now. Everybody heard the phrase, what would Jesus do? When I get frustrated, I go, what would dad do? And I stop and think, and if I just stop for a moment and go, okay, this isn't working, what can I do to fix it? So a lot of the stuff you taught me, believe it or not, you may not thought I was listening, I was listening. But I want to tell you something else. There are times when I do things now that I think back, my dad was a carpenter, and I watched him, and there are times when I sit back and say, is this right, Dad, or am I doing it right, or how would you do it? So, still in my mind. All right, Dad, any final, any final things you want to share with the audience? Yeah, if you're married, take care of your wife or your husband. I've been married 58 years, and the hardest thing I had to do was put her in long-term care. It breaks my heart to go see her every day, but take care of each other. Yep, take care of each other because you're not promised another day, okay? There's no promise of another day or another minute, so love the ones you have. Dad, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Can I say one more thing? Uh, you're you're going to do it anyway, so go ahead. <laughs> I put a note up on my door. It was something that I thought up. When you go out and you see somebody, if it's a stranger, say hello. If it's a veteran, thank them. And remember... Each day is different, and each day is a new day. But remember one thing. You can make a person smile, even though you don't know them. It's important. Friendship is the most important thing, and camaraderie is another important thing. So be safe. Thank you, Dad. Love you. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.